A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today, we'll be celebrating one year of Work-Life Imbalance with an audience question bonanza. But first, let's talk about the Festival of the Inedible Baby, Derek. I cannot believe it's already that time of year again. It is. I mean, I I barely, you know, I, I barely shed all the trappings uh, by that, I mean, weight gain uh, from the previous round of Too Many King Cakes. And, uh, and just as soon as I do it, here we are back again at the most wonderful time of the, wait. I think Christmas has that one. The I most... don't know. I don't know. Christmas might have it, but then again, Christmas doesn't have king cake. That's true. And and honestly, Christmas has like all the sayings. So like just saying that, that Christmas has it isn't really ruling anything out. Um, yeah. So maybe not the most wonderful time of year. Maybe the most um, besprinkled. Is that delicious? Even a thing? Delicious. Yes. The most infant filled. <laughs> that you know that really has a bad ring to it yeah that's more the festival <laughs> of the edible baby <laughs> which happens exactly six months from now <laughs> uh maybe we need to spitball that one too i i'm i i think we're in a i think we could yeah. definitely get ourselves in trouble with that one but i i like i would like to, to have the 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 two pairings. That, would, mean, that seems nice. It seems uh, nice. Aren't most babies edible, though, if you really get down to it? Like... I mean, I think so. Uh, <laughs> the state of Alabama doesn't think that edible means that you're allowed to eat it. It just means that you can eat it. Um, so I'm in a little hot water, but, I mean, yes, technically true. It was a modest proposal, but we can table it. <laughs> Oh, but yes, here we are again in the wonderful time of the Festival of the Inedible Baby. Which, of course, officially starts when you spy the first king cake in the wild. Now, you can't just make a king cake and kick off the festivities. No, no, no. This has to be the wild king cake found in stores. But after you've spotted one, you you can make as many as you want. Like, you can go on a king cake making bonanza. So my only question is, I think, I think we talked about it last year too, is that the starting time is a little bit subjective because, uh, it kind of starts differently at times for, for everyone. Is there any way that we could have some sort of like, um, some sort of designated searcher or, I mean, so kind of like the groundhog, like they have like a single groundhog that is the. Uh, the groundhog of note for Groundhog Day. So, I mean, could we have like one person that is uh, designated the Festival of the Inedible Baby Vanguard to to kind of like be the scouting party to to search the country for when the first ones appear? I like it, Derek, but it's it's the modern age and now we can crowdsource it. (sighs) Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we could crowdsource it. So the first person to find a king cake just posts it to Insta, hashtag Festival of the Inedible Baby, and then everybody knows that it's time. Okay, I I think we would have to get a little bit more rigid than that. I think it would have to be its own custom app that people would download and put on their phones. Um you have to keep the notifications on because you have to be notified when somebody finds a king cake. 
but I don't think you can post like a picture to it. I think you would have to, it would have to like override your phone's camera and be looking at a king's cake. And the first one that finds one announces to everybody that it has begun. I think that's the only way we could do it because otherwise, like, I mean, who knows the picture that you posted? Maybe that was from last year, Frank. How do we know? I mean, I think we just have to take it on faith. Although I do like your idea <laughs> of baby watch 2020 for oh, next boy. year. Um, <laughs> we may have to workshop the name slightly. Um, is it maybe used or I, I'm not, I don't, <laughs> what's the problem? If it's, okay. So if it's, if it's not being used, um, there may be a reason that it's not being used. Maybe it just sends the wrong signal, um, or more specifically sends a signal to the FBI, which ah. is not, not a good look. Look, man, we already talked about it. I'm too pretty for prison. There's no way I'm going to let the FBI in on this jam. Like, that we we got to do this right and keep the feds out of our stees. I don't know if there's going to be a war on the festival of the inedible baby, Derek, and we're going to prison. We're going to go to prison together and I'll protect you. <sighs> I mean, you have the capabilities to protect me. The problem is, I think because of my my prettiness, I would be a very effective bargaining chip. For oh, you yeah. I mean, to I'm going to sell you for like a pack of smokes. Like, it's <laughs> legit. No. Well, I mean, I don't think you're going to sell me for a pack of smokes. Like, I think you would, you would trade Three Lucy's. Up. That's it. I, I get it. <laughs> oh, God. See, this is why, I mean, this is why we haven't gone to prison together for more than one reason. But uh, it, would be, it would be better served to make like some sort of like, like, buddy prison movie which i think would be entertaining but i, I guess it has nothing to do it's like with the, the opposite of a buddy cop movie huh right <laughs> uh, it's like have you ever wondered what happened to the people that got arrested in that buddy cop movie they're in their own buddy prison movie oh, i'm liking it i'm liking it we need to do this <laughs> Um, all right. So, so we have an idea to, uh, not call it baby watch, but the, the idea of baby watch of, I just saying it like, <laughs> I feel my devices are telling on me. My devices are reporting me to somebody and I'm not, that's not, that's not good. Um, well, whatever we're going to name it, festival watch. You know, I do think we kind of backed ourselves into a corner with the uh, the name because we don't. I don't think you can make a good acronym out of Festival of the Inedible Baby, like FOIB, FOTIB, FOTIB, FOTIB. Uh, you can go FIB if you want to like ditch the of the, but uh, but yeah, it's not. I mean, FIB Watch is not bad. I mean, um, I don't know about that because then everybody is going to just be looking at liars, right? And there's too many. There's too many right now. Too many false false positives. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think we'd be able to get any signal through the noise at this point. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll have to table table the name for now, uh, but we can create our own our own app where people can post the first king cake that is found in stores, and I mean, you don't win anything. Like it's not a prize. Yeah, well, but, you uh, win a king cake that you buy for yourself. <laughs> you know what? You know what? If if somebody spots the first one of 2020 and it's legitimate and and somehow we've put all this together, I will PayPal you the 15 bucks to pay for the goddamn king cake. Like <laughs> I am I am in it on this. You will get a free king cake. Um of course you have to wait an entire year. But uh, if anybody listens and anybody remembers in a year, you're going to be out 15 bucks, Derek. <laughs> Boy, I'll feel like a real asshole, won't I? Especially when Hopefully you're buying 15... king cake for somebody else. You don't get to eat it. That's true. I I, I saw a king cake today and I, I knew that we were well into the season already, um, but I decided not to, not to buy one today, um, namely because it's like the first day of the dieting week. And that's not a good look. <laughs> like 
hey, I brought home, baby, I brought home the salad and the uh, grilled chicken and the perishable king cake. That will be that would be bad in four days. It's one of these things is not like the other. I mean, our non-religious secular holiday celebration isn't that worth breaking the diet, Derek. It is, but the the fact that that it it, it lasts for a good while, I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that other people that are that are sharing the diet with me would feel the expedience that I do. But uh, no, you got good points. Maybe because I am, I am not strong with the uh, the spirit of festivity right this second. Uh, but pretty soon, I will be completely covered from head to toe, yellow and green sprinkles. Don't I'll forget the purple, Derek, and the purple. Far be it for me to to forget the the third piece of the triad of colors. But yes, I'll be covered in glitter or sprinkles. Or glitter sprinkles, whatever. I just call that Saturday night. <laughs> and might I say you look dashing. Want to hit up some audience questions, Derek? I think I think that is appropriate. All right. First one up. I wonder if you have had any of the audience questions about crazy life in the workplace happen in your respective workplaces. And if so... How did you deal with it? Any funny stories in that regard? By Melissa from Brook Reading. I mean, I think honestly, with the exception of the the Wiener helicopter bit that we did, most of those probably have happened. A lot of a lot of this is relatable to us because I think it happens so often. Right. I mean, there's the the bless you sneeze question from back in March. <laughs> happened today. Literally happened, happened today. to me today. Yep. <laughs> Both sides of it, too. Not only did I, did I sneeze and nobody uh, said anything, but uh, somebody sneezed and I said, bless you. I didn't even, I didn't even stick to our decided what, whatever tradition of just saying strength. I didn't even <laughs> stick to that. I got nervous and I just went back to the old way. Like, what can I say? <laughs> oh, Derek, I understand. You've been sick. It's weakened your resolve. <laughs> it's weakened a lot, Frank. Um, my resolve, my constitution. <laughs> I was going to say my bladder, but that just... <laughs> I mean, that's a little too much, man. <laughs> it's unrelated. Has nothing to do with that. I think it's probably easier to say which one of the... Uh, are there any that haven't? Happened to us in one form or another. Can you think of any that that haven't happened in our workplace? Haven't happened. Um, I mean, question number one: the work wankers. I think didn't happen. I we we honestly need to just be like, uh, never have I ever um, on this because I have like <laughs> there has been more than one occasion where somebody has been. Um, doing that while I've been using the restroom in a public restroom. I'm not proud of it. I mean, it has not, doesn't really have much to do with me. But <laughs> Derek. But yeah, that is. Where have you been working? Look, man. Okay. This was, I, I will say this, this is somewhat revealing, but this is, was when I was working at the university and the building that I worked in had a lot of students and you know, Whenever it's younger students, they're still not out of that, like, uh, random boner phase where, you know, it just happens whenever you don't control it. It's, it's, it's a part of nature, Frank. It's a natural process. What happens after is also a natural process, but it's something that you you should only do at home and not when you are less than three feet away from another human being that is not a part of it. (sighs) I'm sorry, I've broken Frank. I've just, I've died slightly inside, Derek. <laughs> well, for one, you know, I, I have never been, <laughs> no one has ever been sexist against me in the workplace. That's one thing I can say that's never I, happened. I guess there's that. Okay, so I, uh, yeah. I mean, we can't never have I ever that one. I, right. <laughs> like, I am the patriarchy 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. No, absolutely. We we are we are the patriarchy. Yeah, like I I actually have sat down before in sort of a a discussion group and and we were discussing <laughs> but is it patriarchs anonymous? <laughs> <laughs> I've been oppressing people. <laughs> My name is my name's Derek and I'm a part of the pa- patriarchy. Hi Derek. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> it's funny cuz it's true, Derek. Oh. No, it's a discussion group. Continue. I I've sat down at a discussion group before and it was on sort of intersectional studies and basically everybody kind of you know swiveled to look at me and i was like hi i'm the patriarchy <laughs> you, may, you may have heard about me <laughs> you may have heard of me let's begin please uh, i am but one one person <laughs> who has uh inflicted patriarchy on so few people i mean so I, I did sit down and sort of take over everything and make it all about me so there we are Oh God! See, that's one of those situations where y- you can't start any sentence off with "Well, actually," because that's just that's just a bad look in context for that, for sure. Like, don't don't do that. Yeah. So most of those have happened to us. A couple have not. But honestly, uh, it's safer to assume that the, the things that we that we talk about are things that have happened. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about doing the show that's endlessly fascinating to me. Like, even the bathroom questions that we have not necessarily wanted to to make the focus <laughs> of our work, as it were. Uh-huh. It's just that that kind of stuff happens, and so I find it relatable, and I, I think there's also a, a lot of, you know, ground to cover and stuff to discuss, and you know, it's very f- seldom that someone will send in a question and will be like, hmm, that, that's some shit. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, it does give you that sense of, like, there's nothing new under the sun. Like, work people have been oppressed in one way or another uh, throughout the many millennia that humans have been on this earth. And maybe the technology around it has changed. Maybe technology has made it more efficient to tread, to tread upon or uh, trample upon the freedoms of people. Uh, But it it has always happened in the workplace and will always continue to happen in the workplace. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse, (laughs) to be honest. The things that I have learned doing this podcast, one coworkers are weird. Uh Uh-huh. Two dealing with bosses is fraught. Mm-hmm. And then three, it is very awkward doing your personal business vis-a-vis the restroom outside of your home. I agree with that 100%. I, I honestly, we need that on a plaque somewhere. Like, that should be... <laughs> Our three rules for living or something. I mean, honestly, I would put it, like, in my, like, in my podcasting space. Because I feel that those are things that I need to internalize. <laughs> like, I need to remember the three core tenets. Of the reality of our podcast. Those seem very important. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so we don't have an issue from the internet, but Frank, would you like to get to a, a tidbit from Twitter? I would, and I love the name. <laughs> you fucking came up with it. I was giving you the credit, Derek. <laughs> I, I will never let that slide. Like... Well, being a smug dick, but also giving you the credit. Can't you just let let me give you something nice, Derek? Why won't you let me oh. love you? Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we reached out to uh, folks on Twitter and try to find some uh, some interesting responses that they would like to hear us cover on, our, on the one-year anniversary special. And so, here is the first one. So, this question was from uh, the More Gooder Than podcast. And they asked, if you were to cast a movie of work-life imbalance, who's playing you guys? Uh, 
wow, like this is one I haven't ever thought of before. I, I feel bad that like the first answer that I have for me just completely off the dome is like Zach Gilifanakis. Like, I mean, you, you see it, right? Like you see the res- resemblance there. I see it. in a lot of things. I see. Other it. than see, like, I was gonna say like I I could be Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and then you could be Jason Momoa. Do you know how many of my testicles I would give up to be Jason Momoa? <laughs> All three. <laughs> I have a secret to tell as well. Um, but no, like, like seriously, like if I could, if I could be as like swole as just like one of Jason Momoa's thighs, I would be, <laughs> I could die a happy man. I mean, but no, like, like that would be, I think that would be, <laughs> that would be the ideal and I think I think that the height difference is is good because uh, the Rock is is fairly tall, and I think Jason Momoa is kind of like normal human size. So like the ratios are there. So th- that would be <laughs> that would be if we were to upgrade. That would be our casting. If we're if we're doing kind of a lateral casting of more realistic, uh, I think I would be Zach Galifianakis or Galifianakis, either one. Um, who would play you? <sighs> I mean, all of them died so early because I'm like Belushi, <laughs> Candy. So the uh, the 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 guy who the guy who played the brother on the Drew Carey show, he is very tall. He is portly. That's the closest I got because like I can't think of anybody else who is just just inhumanly large and still alive. So the guy you're talking about, because I, I couldn't remember, is uh, John Carroll Lynch. Yes, that is the guy. Because he's also on a season or two of Channel Zero from the Sci-Fi Channel. So he's still, so he's still alive. Like that, that was the, the best indicator I had that he was still alive. I'm, I'm just curious, like, how tall is he? Eh, he's 6'3". Oh, is, is he really only six three? He's a little, he's a little man. He, yeah, he, man. Okay, so is is Zach Galifianakis like how tall is he? Because we're not necessarily looking for an exact replica of our individual sizes. The, the ratio just has to be uh, the same. Because yeah, I mean they can do some cool like camera like camera tricks and whatnot, like they did with Lord of the Rings. Like obviously, um... <laughs> we're gonna have to Gandalf me. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis is five seven. Okay, but and then that's a little bit on the the other direction. So so you're si- you're six seven, right? Six eight or you, six eight. Oh, okay. So six eight to six three, and then you know six foot exactly to five foot seven. So there, there there's an eight inch height difference between the two actors. So yeah yeah all right. So yeah that would I think that would work fairly well. Um, they will have to kind of shoot from the floor up a little bit to, to give them a little bit more sense of grandiosity. Yeah. But I, they probably won't have to scale up the guts too much, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, but they, they both, they both look thinner than us, my man. Yeah, that's true. Well, there, there was a point at which Ga- Zach Galifianakis, I think was like a, a great facsimile for me, but then he kind of got like fat ripped. Like he got, he he kind of like shrunk in a little bit. He still has like the iconic, uh, Zach Galifianakis like like pot belly ish type thing going on. Um, but he but it's not like he has to play it up now. Like it's not just like always there. Like he has to has to kind of like stick it out a little bit. It's, and that's it's not fair. You have personal trainers and and Derek, unfortunately, right now. We don't make personal trainer money. Well, but I had a personal trainer for like eight months. It wasn't like truly personal. It was semi-personal. All right, Derek. I don't make personal trainer money. <laughs> so I have an excuse. <laughs> okay. I mean, no, I don't make like personal, personal trainer money either. I make semi-personal trainer money. Acquaintance is- trainer money. <laughs> Passing familiarity trainer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
uh, really, they we never met with them. They just kind of like sent us an email with like general guidelines of like, hey, don't eat that hot dog. Or <laughs> put down the cheeseburger. Just screaming from another room. Drop it, fatty. <laughs> What's sad is they were always right. Like every time. Bastards. How do they know? I get it. I'd get it like I'd be sitting there like fix myself a sandwich and all of a sudden I'd get a buzz, open it up as a text message that says put down the ham, fat ass. <laughs> oh, oh. I feel I feel both offended and read to filth. <laughs> that's, that's I've, I've never been so known. <laughs> I feel attacked. Real quick, do we do we have any like uh downward casting like people that that we would be ashamed to to have play us oh, down casting that i don't want to see it's you know, that's that's really a hard question like <laughs> I, the only way we can downcast me is if i'm playing me in the movie that's a really good point downcasting would be to actually cast ourselves <laughs> in the movie they're like <laughs> we can't get anybody else will you guys right. do it and we'll be like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be seen being this asshole on film. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a reason we say that some of this wacky shit on on tape is that like our faces are not literally right next to most of the shit that we say. But on, on video, you can't get away from that. Here it is, and Derek. That's... We'll combine two ideas. We'll do the Lord of the Rings perspective shots. You play me and I'll play you. <laughs> I cannot laugh tonight without coughing. So I like everything about that. The I the only thing I'm concerned about is that we we may have to up the wig budget. A bit. <laughs> no, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. I know how to save money. They can shave my head for me to be a facsimile of you and then they, we can we can glue my hair just onto your head. Badly glue it, Elmer's. Just. I mean, you can't say that's like that's what we deserve. Like, <laughs> no, I mean uh, that's that's legit. That's probably the work life imbalance. The Frank and Derek story. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I would appreciate you you playing me because then I would sound sound more eloquent. Can you play both of us? Like, can they create screen you in? <laughs> be both of us. <laughs> There's just always some vertical line in the shot that uh, separates the two of us. We're never actually right. touching. Right. And it's just, they still shave my head to give you hair for when you have to play me. So, like, I'm just sitting on the sidelines, a bald Derek going, Why, well, yes, he is better than me. Don't know how I feel about this. You'll have to Cyrano de Bergerac it for me. Question from the audience. I work with a guy, we can call him Bob, who has a knack for eating in disgusting ways. He is the guy who brings in and microwaves leftover seafood. He's the guy who burns the microwave popcorn and likes it that way. He is also the guy who will come in the day after a meeting was held where the leftover donuts were in the trash can and will retrieve them from oh, the no. can. Oh no. Now yes, they were still in the Ow. box, but they were stale oh. as hell and that didn't slow him down. He will heat them a little in the microwave and say they taste fresh that way. Oh. He will also keep any extras in his desk until he eats them all. <laughs> so my question is, is it wrong of me to want to lay some donuts and throw them away just to teach him a lesson about eating out of trash cans? Or should I just be glad that he doesn't steal my lunch out of the company fridge? Super listener Chad. I will cede the point that at least, yes, he is not stealing fresh food from the refrigerator. I mean, I, th I think the thing is here... We've discovered a troll, not, not an internet troll, a but literal, an actual mythical literal troll. troll. Yes. <laughs> so, what makes you say that? I mean, the only trolls that I know are under bridges, eating billy goats, singing songs about it, type of thing. Well, I mean, today in this economy, 
they've got to keep a second job. <laughs> so they're like like trash. Uh, are they like the the? Are they moonlighting as janitors? And instead of throwing away the trash, they're consuming the trash. I mean, that would make sense, but apparently not. Apparently, he's just here in the fucking office, microwaving leftover seafood and burnt popcorn to eat together in some sort of unholy melange. That that would make much more sense to, to what you were saying than what I said. <laughs> I, I think Go ahead. we're protecting him by calling him Bob, but it's, it's too easy to determine this co-worker's name is actually Oscar. As in Oscar the Grouch? Exactly. Okay. Now, I can't tell if we're going on to a different line of logic or if you were trying to also justify that Oscar the Grouch was, in fact, a troll. <laughs> I need to know need to know the parameters here. I mean, Oscar is just a grouch. No, I mean, I was, I was going on to a different line, not, not necessarily okay, good, good, good. trying to collate that, that Oscar the Grouch is some sort of mythical troll creature because he has in fact been seen in the full light of day on multiple times which is true sesame street and i'm sure that there are there are christians on the sesame street show uh that have not been consumed it is safe to assume that he is not an actual troll exactly okay um but no i i agree i think i think uh your co-worker oscar is indeed oscar the grouch from sesame street so, so what I'm getting from this is that you people in your office are not being kind enough uh, to, to Mr. Oscar. Um, you should honestly be uh, popping and burning some popcorn and throwing it away for him as you leave the office at night um, to where he wouldn't have to do it himself during the day. I, I think this is important. I mean, that's, that's reaching out. That's interspecies relations. And... I think 2019 is going to be about coming together. Right. And seeing how we can, you know, meet in the middle together between people who do and people who don't eat trash donuts. I mean, I, I'm kind of towing the line here and I'm going to, I'm going to be a little more transparent than I, I originally intended when we started the bit. Let's play Never Have I Ever one more time. Oh, God, Derek. Have you ever eaten a... Let's restrict it to a pastry product, a donut or a cupcake or something uh, that has been thrown away, recently thrown away, and is still in its packaging. Go. No, you fucking monster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good answer. That is the correct answer. That is the answer that everybody should be able to give. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, I have been a starving college student before. And Uh. when I was, when I was starting out, like after a a big meeting, you know, they'd get like seven dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. um, And like everybody was always on a diet. So like they eat like 10 total uh, or like 10 donuts total. They throw away like three or four boxes at least. And those were fresh. They were made that morning. Uh, so I would uh, very occasionally, like I'm not talking about all the time. I'm saying like I walk by right after it happens. Special occasions. Anniversaries, Valentine's Day. Sometimes you got to give a little treat. Garbage. The gallery of diamonds. Wait, no. <laughs> Oh God. Um, I would, I would say that, that, uh, conservatively or, or realistically, I've probably done that four times and, and it has not been in the last seven years, at least, you know, cause uh, we, some of us have been there. A lot of us have been there. Not enough sure. people have been there. It's where, all about food waste. It's food yeah. waste, Frank. Well, I was less about the food waste and more about the food insecurity, Derek. Like, but that's the thing. It's, it's two sides of the same coin. Like, why is there food insecurity? Because there's too much food waste. I mean, maybe it's not 100% like <laughs> equivocal, but, uh, but what could help the food insecurity is lessening food waste. If those uh, terrible, terrible office managers uh, had not 
had not just been rude and thrown away good donuts. I think, honestly, that's really the crime here. (laughs) Is not that somebody retrieved it, was that somebody was throwing away perfectly good donuts. Like, and I will say, like, I've had office managers for the past, like, six, seven years that have been really good about that. Like, they will not throw something away unless it is, like, dangerous to eat. And that gives people plenty of time to eat it before it goes into the garbage. And nobody has to go dumpster diving. Uh, it, it's right there on the, 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 the table. Instead, I just know that I'm always rolling the dice on any food that I find at the office. Because one person's, eh, this is probably still good. Maybe another person's, up. Oh, I've got salmonella now. There are some offices where that is a legitimate concern because if you if you have if you have an office where everybody is basically like a pack of piranhas where anytime free food is left in the open like it will be fallen upon like a wounded gazelle uh then you never have to worry about if something is is you know spoiled or something because if it if it exists and it's there it's it's edible like that's fine um there are some workplaces where people eat like so eat that kind of stuff so infrequently that, you know, it's going to be difficult to know whether this was done, whether this was today's uh, catered food or like last Tuesday's catered food. Now that, that is where you have to decide whether or not you are a gambling man, Frank Eastman. <laughs> after, after the couple of bouts with food poisoning that I've had, I'm no longer a gambling man. And so what I think we've got to do in the interest of interspecies, cross-communication, we need to make sure that Oscar can eat as his people are accustomed to, but do so safely. So we get donuts, but instead of waiting and then throwing them out afterwards, we get them specifically for him, and then we Mm. dry-age the donut. (laughs) Okay, wait, whoa, whoa. In a fine salt cellar. Okay. All right. Once they've reached the appropriate ripeness, then we repackage them. We put them in a clean, new, unused garbage can and deliver them to his desk. My my only thought about the whole process, like I am like not even joking. I am on board with like delivering stuff in a clean trash can to this trash monster. Like I am, I am all for it. Like (laughs) don't make him dumpster dive. I get it. What's with the dry aging? Like why, why would you just not just give him the fresh ones? Like I don't understand. He doesn't like the fresh donuts, Derek. Okay. All right. It would be rude. So, so he does prefer the, the aged donuts. Uh, so instead of being unsafe and letting him age them in his desk with all the bacteria and uncontrolled temperatures and things like that, uh, we, we carefully and hermetically age them for him uh, to where he can eat them at his leisure for the next week or two. Exactly. So it's like donut jerky. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say donut jerky is, is appropriate here. It's not just, you know, some beef you found under the seat in in your couch. This is... What the fuck you got against seat beef? I mean... <laughs> again, Derek, see previous statements on food poisoning. <laughs> also, I think I have enough seat beef for two or three people. There are so many ways that statement can be taken. And some of them are funny. And... And jovial some of them are really really gross (laughs) i like big butts Derek, and i cannot lie at least you're honest about it (laughs) want another tidbit from twitter okay um so this next one is from one giant leap for geeks uh with the ever-growing podcasting landscape what advice would you give a new podcaster who is starting out but struggling to find their voice and their audience. Now, what we're going to do with this question is pass it along to someone successful, someone successful who can actually answer this with some version 
of of truth or certainty. Um, <laughs> what advice would I give? Stop now. <laughs> while you still have your health and your money. I was going to say something else like, well, but I, I have my, I have those things. And I'm like, oh, wait, I just had the plague for a long time. And the money stuff is there. So you got a point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> run, what run, ab- escape. What, what, what advice do I have for someone just starting out? Stop, don't. There are people who love you. It's not worth it. <laughs> Go spend time with them. If don't spend time. Better. Right. <laughs> just hashtag it gets better. Um, the not the the podcasting the the. The life without podcasting. Yeah, just the better. desire to podcast. You'll, it'll pass. Just lie down. Lie down until it passes. <laughs> See, I think we are we are particularly uh, ill poised to answer this question because honestly, uh, when we started the podcast, it wasn't so much a you know there's a there's an audience that we want to capture. How can we capture it? It was more a. What is the only thing that we could re- realistically talk about for an hour a week? And it was just work shit. And so yeah. we were, it's, instead of, uh, instead of, you know, targeting an audience and making a product, uh, we made a product and hoped, prayed. That there might be an audience. <laughs> we prayed to the inedible baby that there would be an audience. <laughs> and, and I think uh, in, to some marginal degree, we have we have found it. I, I mean, I I am very appreciative to every single person uh, who has listened, who is listening, all of that. I am super appreciative of it. Um, but we never sought out to like have a bunch of you guys. Like, <laughs> it's it's cool that we have any. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think we set out and we were like, if nobody downloads it, that's fine. We'll right. continue doing it because it's something that we wanted to to try our hands at and you know and and you know like i said we we have like we have picked up a straggler or two uh every week and so now we are you know we are at a place where we have you know enough to where we're about to reach equilibrium to where we can have enough input like questions and stuff like that to where um we don't have to like panhandle every single week which is cool um but uh um sir I do, I do still panhandle more than none, which is unfortunate, um, both for the, the people that follow us and myself, like my, my, my personal pride is hurt. I don't have a lot, but what little I have, uh, feels bad about panhandling. And as far as the voice, like, I think we talked about that on the, the retrospective, um, is that I, to, to be completely honest, like I was pleasantly surprised uh, to, to kind of realize that even in like such a, um, such an overcrowded place like podcasts, uh, that we found something that, you know, not a lot of people were doing. Uh, we found something that, uh, we, we enjoyed talking about, um, and that we had something somewhat interesting or funny to say. And, and that's been like, that's been the coolest part about it for me, um, is that I didn't think I didn't know if we would, um, and you know maybe maybe the jury is still out for some folks. Uh, maybe some people disagree with that statement, but you know I I do think we found you know an entertaining way to turn you know mundane things that a lot of people in an office experience into you know something actually enjoyable to listen to. Minus my ums and ahs, uh, and my coughing. Oh, and throw away the first two things that you record. Just <laughs> yeah, take I mean, them bo- and put and, them in the garbage. Yeah, both from a technical perspective and from a like content and continuity perspective and everything. Uh, our first two things were were pretty terrible because that I mean I think the first thing we literally recorded uh, was me on like a Logitech headset, and I knew it wasn't going to be great, but like. I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Like it was, it was, it was, it was worse than I could have expected. And honestly, that, that was helpful to, to see. And then like, you know, episode 10 where 
I fucked up and used the, the laptop microphone. If you want a proof, a proof that recording from your laptop microphone is not the way to go, see episode 10 of the Work Life and Balance podcast. Uh, that is not an experience you want to duplicate. Um, and, and like you said, take take what you record uh, the first couple of times and just shift delete. Like, don't even send it to the the recycling bin. Like, just send that directly into the ether. Um, you'll thank yourself for it. Even if you, like, redo the same thing. Like, even if you just, like, it's like, okay, I'm going to tell a story. And then I'm going to throw it away. I'm going to tell the story again. Like, that's a worthwhile exercise. Like, you will tell the story better the second time. For sure. Want to get to another audience question? Hit me. Business boys, why do my pie crusts keep turning out so bad? They're like salty flat biscuits and no good for berry tarts at all. Please help. Sent in by certainly not Britta. <laughs> so, so like berry tarts as in like a fruit tart or berry tarts as in like Mary Berry? Like tarts for Mary Berry. Well, I mean, I think column A, column B. I think yeah, I would... a little, little from both. So if if they're let's see, um, salty flat biscuits. So <laughs> in this instance, it it seems like you're probably going to have to knock back on the salt a little bit, and up on the butter content, and make sure that you really. Get in there and and work that butter into your flour while it's still Absolutely. cold until you've gotten it down to to less than pea size gravelly chunks, and that's when that's when you know that you have worked your butter in appropriately to get that nice short crust that you're going to need. For and you need a- to make sure, and you have to chill the dough because as you're working it, it's going to start kind of melting that butter. And what you don't want to happen is when you bake it, you don't want that butter to just immediately run out of your pie crust, leaving you with a, you know, a soggy bottom, you know, butter running all over the place and a fairly dry and, and, and like you described it, kind of a a flaky mess uh, towards the top of the pie. Not what you want. Not at all. So I, I think, you know, another thing that could help would be like a, a chilled glass bowl for working in. Go ahead and chill that bowl before you start. That's going to give you mm-hmm. a little extra time before you have to stick this back in the fridge to chill out some more. So you get a little bit more work in um, and save save yourself a little bit of time if you're if you're under the gun and Paul right. is staring you down from across the room. Staring daggers at you. Um, and, and if you have time, uh, you might want to consider blind baking it. That's not going to help with like the, the flakiness, but it will help you avoid a soggy bottom because, uh, those, uh, those baking, uh, beans or baking weights, uh, will help, uh, kind of hold the, the, the base of your pastry down and make sure it gets nice and evenly baked so that when you add your, your fruit filling or your, your tart mixture or your custard, uh, it's not, uh, the, the crust is already be cooked a little bit. Uh, so it's going to have less of a chance of getting like super saturated with the, uh, the water contents of the ingredients you're cooking with and leaving you with a terrible soggy bottom. Boy, that was informative as fuck. Wasn't it? It was, that was legitimate. Good advice. I, I think we've been watching too much British bank off there. A hundred percent. Like I have not looked up fuck all about any of this stuff. And like, like that, like most of that was just off the dome piece from watching, <laughs> watching British Bake Off. It tastes um, good, but the bake's all wrong. Uh, I, I think we need some sort of like group therapy or something to get over this. All right. So if you couldn't tell Derek, we're getting into the weird stuff. So we're going to answer a couple <laughs> of weird questions here as we wrap up the episode. Okay. I think this is going to be kind of a, a decent slide into the weirdness. Uh, cause mine is, it is weird, but it is not completely unbelievable. Um, so this is from Daryl W Perry from Twitter. Uh, how many leprechauns can ride a single flying unicorn, which of course is called a Pegasus. But yeah. we're not going to fault him. I mean, that's fine. It depends on if we're talking My Little Pony or 
Uh, Honestly, this this question is rife with problems because you you have. Are we talking My Little Pony? You know, flying unicorn Pegasus. Are we talking uh, truly like horse sized uh, Pegasus? Uh, Are and 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 even the leprechauns? Are we talking like um, you know from the actual leprechaun horror movies, which is about the size of a uh, of a a little person? One war Um, with Davis. Exactly, Warwick Davis. That's I, I could not pull the name for the life of me. Um, or are we talking Lucky Charms Leprechaun, uh, which I believe is, I would say, is far less believable, to be honest. Um, so, okay, what what parameters do we want to decide on? Right. Do we want to say full-blown, uh, full-size horse Pegasus and uh, Warwick Davis-size Leprechaun? I think we got to bring this to the real, Derek. We got to bring it to the real. So our Pegasus unicorn. For size comparison, we're going to talk about a horse pushed out of the back of an airplane. <laughs> okay. All right. With parachute or without parachute? Is With this a, parachute, is this a I'm not a monster. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm and on board. a cardboard then. cone taped to its forehead. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then for to leprechauns. Right. For leprechauns, we're going to have to go with the leprechauns from that viral news vid from a few years back. Oh, the, I just want to know where the gold at. Yep. But the, the, but how how big did they say they were? Because obviously, if you haven't watched the clip, uh, they did not show a, a video footage of the leprechauns. But they it was showed just a, an, an artist an rendition. actual artist rendition of the leprechaun, Derek. <laughs> They, they didn't have a banana for scale or a ruler or anything. What, what do uh, I mean? It was okay. on. It was on standard paper. So I think we're going to say that. <laughs> so that if we're if talking it was an actual ha- size leprechaun. It, it seemed like it was about nine nine to ten inches of of leprechaun. Okay, um, that really kind of opens it up. I think. Uh, because at that point, are you talking about that? They actually have to sit astride, uh, the horse, excuse me, the single, (laughs) the single flying unicorn, quote unquote. Um, do they actually have to sit astride it or can they hold on to its legs? Like, can they hold on to the horn? Which at this point, since it's, it is a, uh, inadvisable, Derek, inadvisable. The tape is not going to hold, especially at these speeds. (laughs) I mean, we're reaching terminal velocity fairly (laughs) quickly. Right. This is not duct tape. This is like, this is masking tape or scotch tape. Yeah. Uh, so holding on to the unicorn is right out or, or holding on to the horn right out. Um, I mean, I think they're going to have to hold on to hold on. If you know what I'm talking about, like we're going to be losing leprechaun <laughs> pressure if, if they're not strapped in baby. Oh God. Um, so the second question or another question is, uh, Judging, just trying to get a, a picture of how many places there are to grip, is this a female horse or a male horse? Because there's possibly more places to grip. On a Don't male be horse. crude, Derek. Don't be crude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring blue humor into the science. Oh, um, we're doing science, Derek. Okay, so this is so nine inch leprechauns. Nine inch leprechauns. Uh, typical horse size. Uh, don't touch the horn because it's 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 removable. Um, and any place they can grab. So any place that they, they can, they can reach terminal velocity and still hang on. And I I think nothing was said about a saddle. So we're going to have to go with where they can hold on to the horse. Absolutely. All natural. So I'm going to say nine inches a piece. We can hold on to the horse's mane and the horse's tail at those speeds. Eight. I'm going to be more liberal. I'm going to say uh, that you can hang that you can hang on to the the mane, uh, the tail, and uh, as long as you warn the horse, I think you can hold on to the legs. So I'm a, I I agree with your eight as far as the the male uh, the the mane and tail distribution, but for the legs, I'm going to say conservatively uh, five leprechauns per leg. So I'm going to say twenty eight. 
I think I think five per leg is pretty aggressive, Derek, because you've got downward leprechaun pressure from the upper leprechauns. Sure, sure, sure. And and don't worry, I've absolutely factored in the downward leprechaun pressure. But the thing is, like, you have a leprechaun on one side and a leprechaun on the other side. And so they're they're almost occupying some of the similar space because they're both kind of hanging on uh, on opposite sides of the leg. So. I honestly, I think five is is conservative. I think you probably could fit six in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna argue for, for three, Derek. I'm gonna argue for three. So that's gonna give us a range of twenty to. I, I believe mine. My upper limit was twenty eight. Twenty eight. All right. So twenty to twenty eight leprechauns. That's it. That's final. We did science on it. <laughs> we did. We have officially scienced it. Um. Okay, that that's and that's all the ones that I've got for the tidbits from Twitter. All right, uh, so uh, hit me with your remaining questions from the audience. Is the color D on par with a chicken factory milking a box of shadows? From what does it matter, Sean? Short answer: Yes. <laughs> Fuck you, stole my answer. <laughs> Uh, I, so the, the question is, is, is this a kind of like show your work type of, uh, problem or I mean, is I, this a, I could, but this is an auditory medium and it, I mean, it, it wouldn't would, make for good audio. Yeah. It just wouldn't make for good audio. So I think they're just going to have to take us at face value. The answer is yes. Now, if the color were C or E, then no, but D definitely. Yes. I'm going to say it depends on the viscosity of the flagellum because that that's where all of your, your heat is lost. To be honest, I didn't um, take into account flagellum viscosity. Damn. I, I, it's not common. I get it. It's not the most common criteria to base your measurements off of, but I think in this case it's important. I, I think, yeah, given the, given the extra variables, I, I don't think our mathematical models are going to hold, Derek. I don't, I think we might have to do a double blind controlled study to find out. I agree. I agree. Because as we know, uh, no plan survives uh, first contact with the enemy. And the, the, it, it's, it's Schrodinger's flagellum. Like the first, as soon as we try to measure them, they're going to be variable viscosity. I just, I, I question the ethics, Derek. I don't know if we will be hailed as heroes or if we will go down in history as monsters. Uh, I think there's ample room for both. We have to do it for science. It is our duty. It is our duty. All right. Our last question. I'm actually going to round out the episode with, and this was one of the first questions we ever received and which did not air. So this question is almost a year old, about as old as the podcast, but we're going to do it after we punch the clock. (laughs) Oh, you're keeping me in suspense, Frank. Uh, Questions. We need you guys to keep the questions a coven. Uh, any funny work or life questions that you can think of, please shoot them to us at questions at WLACast.com. Uh, we need need a bunch of them. Uh, we've got some backlogged, but we would like to keep an ever-present stream of them coming towards us. So as funny things happen, or weird things happen, or awkward things happen in your life or work, send them to us. Also, make sure to swing by WLICast.com to check out the links to all of our social media, our Patreon, our merch store, and anything else you can think of that is work-life balance related. To all of our wonderful patrons on Patreon, thank you for being part of the team and supporting us. To our listeners who aren't supporting us on Patreon, please consider doing so, as it will help us do more and do better. Plus, it'll give you some cool perks like swag, shoutouts, and some t-shirts. And guys... Please, please, please do us a solid and tell someone you know about the show. Getting more listeners and growing our reach and audience will only mean good things for the show. So do your part and spread the word. This has been the Work Life and Balance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm the variable viscosity flagellum Derek Lewis. I've always felt like I was trapped in the mind of a weaker man than I was meant to be.
So often, it's like I'm looking around and telling my body to react, and it just doesn't happen. Instead of my desired response, something completely boring and useless happens. Take, for instance, the other day at the store. I was picking up a carton of Cove Sigs and a gallon of whiskey, only had two items, and this old bag in front of me, with a cart full of crap, kept giving me sideways looks and acting all nervous. My intended response was to spit on the floor and tell her to hurry the hell up, but for some reason I just smiled and asked how she was. Happens all the time. A few days ago, I was driving to work and saw this smoking hot chick on the sidewalk. Right after I slammed on the brakes and pulled up on the sidewalk to lay down my game, I realized that I was still going down the road, heading on to work. That's just not me, man. I don't understand all these weak-ass things I keep doing. I feel like a lion running down the street, a rabid dog in a cage, chaos and disorder. Run with me. Run with me. Let's run, it's warm, with the outlaws by the side of the lake. The minister's daughter loves the snake, and we're almost home. The sun burns until the moon is cool soon. I am the lizard king, and I can do anything. The earth will stop spinning, and the blue cars will go away. Brothers and sisters, the pale forest children of the night, who among you? will run and hunt sent in by jim morrison and with that i think we're going to have to transfer you God damn. i've been you sitting on I that can... son of a bitch for 12 months derek <laughs> I, can, I can see why it didn't make the cut because uh, it's, it's it is less of a discussion piece and more of a statement piece. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a poetry reading, really. 